0: Hey everyone, I'm Charlie Shrem, and this episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by BitPay and Electronium. Check them out more later in the episode. What's up, everyone? Uh, I am Charlie Shrem. Happy Monday, and this is Untold Stories, where twice a week we dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be. Usually we focus on past, present, and future leaders. But today I'm, I'm really honored to be here uh, with, a, with a true crypto OG, Yanislav Mahalohov. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here, to yeah have this opportunity.
0: It's my pleasure because today we're, we're going to get to go back in time and talk about some cool historical stuff and stories. And as I've been going do, doing this show, um, I'm running out of like People that have been involved in crypto early on, you know, I just, there's only a few hundred of them, you know, of, of us. So it's nice to talk to someone new. Uh, you were very involved. Uh, well, I should say that you're the co-founder and, and, and CEO of Eternity. And it's, it's good to see that the project uh, is around and, and growing and, and, uh, and, and doing that. So, so, yeah, thank you again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah you mentioned eternity eternity has been a wild ride um yeah we we launched it from Liechtenstein in 2016. um it's a blockchain by the way it's a turing complete smart contract platform kind of new next generation um ethereum one can say or uh yeah a place where people can run smart contracts can create coins yeah so i want to like
0: Oh, I want to get into that. And, and very quickly, so like the cool thing about what happens here is, uh, is I'm bringing on uh, projects that have been around like 2016, 2017 that are still around today and growing and growing and doing crazy things. But because we're not in that like whole ICO world, people are not really, that news is not making it to the front. So it's so crazy when I release this show, they'll be like, oh, that project's still around. Like, it's good to see. It like makes everyone's heart sing to see these companies that were around early mm-hmm. on. That are still doing around. So, so, but jumping right into it, you mentioned you mentioned something Turing complete. This is mm-hmm. something that when you uh, read about cryptocurrencies and you start reading some of the words of Vitalik, um, the founder of Ethereum, and and one of the founders of Ethereum, and a lot of uh, a lot of the other um, people who are involved in in blockchains, like yourself, this idea of like a Turing complete scripting language uh, is like touted as one of the 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 goals or the a scalable you know, Turing complete a whole ecosystem. Can you Mm -hmm. explain like what that means and why that is so important?
1: Well, the Turing completeness, or this term is from computer science. So it means that you have uh, the most powerful algorithms which can run on a blockchain in this case and execute whatever has been programmed into them for whatever value transfer or whatever smart contract one can imagine. Uh, Bitcoin, for example, has a, a kind of like limited smart contract language or scripting capabilities. You can do cool stuff with it, uh, but uh, for certain things, for example, to program uh, uh, auction into the Bitcoin blockchain and let uh, people participate in auction, this is really not made for. So here, you need state and you need uh, more powerful algorithms in order. So what to,
0: defines like Turing complete? Is there is there a certain amount of functions that you would need to have that that this can do in order to be that?
1: Right. Um, well, one is, for example, to have loops. Another one is to have uh, if or if and else clauses. And uh, yeah, another one is to have essentially statements. And to uh, if you have these three things, then uh, it's according to theoretical computer science, it's uh, it's Turing complete. You can also think of it of a kind of like a machine with a infinite um um state or kind of like band where the algorithms crawl or crawl around and move things around there are several ways how to think about these concepts it's uh, the most powerful uh uh yeah programming uh category yeah. the computer scientists came up with
0: it's so um going back to those to those early years. Everyone who's involved in the industry today, in crypto today, they understand, you know, DeFi, blockchains, uh, multi-signature, a lot of these buzzwords, the ability to have like decentralized finance and the basic thing like having auctions built into a blockchain. Like you would think about it now when you're launching a blockchain. Yeah, I would want to put that in. But when when Bitcoin first launched and it was like those early years, let's just say like 2009 to 2000, like. 12 or 13 or 2012ish 2013ish right those years we were never really talking about being another a blockchain that can do all these things i guess that conversation was was not really happening at least in my circles but from what i understand in the circles that you were you were around you started to talk to, to some of the famous guys like jr who was a founder of MasterCoin, and, and you started meeting Vitalik, and what people don't realize is that Vitalik actually was contracted, and I, I'd like to hear your, you tell this story, to uh-huh. work on like a Tura complete bitcoin isk like this was all pre-Ethereum, this was all like very experimentation. At what point do you think in, in the early days of Bitcoin did that change? Did people say, hey, we think blockchains could do more than just what it's doing now?
1: Yeah, well, um, you mentioned J.R. Willett, who wrote the second Bitcoin white paper, as he called it himself. I thought the title was a little bit uh, ridiculous, but he was onto something which really made sense to essentially be able uh, or make it possible for What year people. was this? This was in um, thirteen.
0: Okay, so who was J.R. and why did he write this white paper? Like, kind of like give us the, the landscape of what the world looked like back then in, in, in crypto. Right.
1: Bitcoin. I mean, there were there was Bitcoin as the first cryptocurrency, famously, and there were a bunch of altcoins um, like Peercoin, Namecoin, as the second cryptocurrency ever launched. As I think, maybe it's not even the second. I've heard of another one which is already which doesn't exist anymore, and a few others like let's say that were like ten to maybe five um, Feather coins. And for every for every blockchain, um, people did essentially uh, fork. Bitcoin um, replaced the name of the coin um, with another coin. Let's call it uh, Funcoin and replaced the logo and uh, tweaked here and there a few things in the source code and launched a new blockchain. And this was obviously quite quite an overhead to to launch a new blockchain, uh, specifically also with Proof of Work every time. And uh, uh, JR, he thought of a way how to issue coins on the Bitcoin blockchain without the need to essentially launch a new infrastructure, a new network. So to be kind of like on a higher level than um, the Bitcoin it's blockchain. the first
0: layer two. I remember when MasterCoin and colored coins started to be talked about, uh, it was a huge deal. It was like the... Mm-hmm. And I, didn't, I remember, I didn't really understand why it was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Someone said, you're going to issue your own coins. I said, why would I issue my own coins and i don't know if you remember the biggest argument of the day was if you allow people to issue their own cryptocurrencies it'll dilute bitcoin and Mm. nowadays that argument is is a stupid one but back then it was a real argument bitcoin was so new
1: right 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 and back then the bitcoin maximalists were even stronger than today
0: there was no maximalism because there was nothing really else to maximalize. like there was nothing else there so it was kind of like weird to say but yeah i agree with that it was very like Very much so Bitcoin only back then. It was like a huge fervor. Mm -hmm. It was out of fear though. And I was one of those people myself understand that you're talking about like our life and our legacy that was being threatened here because we didn't understand how this would affect Bitcoin. We didn't think the idea of crypto would ever exist. I didn't think that we'd have all these other coins and, and blockchains that would end up needing to be interoperable with each other and working together to do different things. Was very looking back, I was extremely short-sighted, but but so was everyone, right? Not not making an excuse for myself,
1: right? Did, I mean, did Jr. Um, get pushback? Well, he had quite a quite a lot of success. He collected a hell of Bitcoin, um, probably worth billions nowadays. Well, you I don't know what exactly he did with those coins, but MasterCon protocol. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, it still exists. I think Tether mm-hmm. is still using it, and a few others are still using it, but there better ways or, let's say, more modern ways how to do this. I mean, the idea, for example, with Ethereum is to put also the um, smart contract state under the consensus of the network. While as with, uh, with MasterCoin, the Bitcoin nodes don't know anything about the MasterCoin protocol. They don't need to know. It's it's kind of, I mean, it has some pros and some cons um, associated. Um, but Bitcoin, it was the first time that, uh, sorry, with Ethereum, it was essentially the first time that uh, one can have... Uh, Updatable algorithms or smart contracts um, on the blockchain, and you can essentially program your own um, consensus rules into the uh, blockchain itself as smart contracts, which then are enforced by all the all the network. So every smart contract gets executed by every full node. And uh, but the word yeah.
0: Ethereum wasn't really being spoken about then, right? Like that that word. So what were what were your project names for this, and and who were some of the people involved?
1: Uh you mean like uh the project um before before Ethereum started, which I mm-hmm. was involved in Uh yeah, I wrote a blog post about this. Um it's called the Godfather of Ethereum uh post. I also uh uh copy and paste a piece of uh, history there, a chat log between me and Vitalik where I essentially suggested to have uh, updatable algorithms or kind of like smart contracts on on the, uh, on the blockchain. We were not talking about the Bitcoin blockchain in this uh, case because Bitcoin blockchain has uh, quite a lot of transaction fees associated to it. We thought, I mean, in comparison to nowadays, it's, it was really, really cheap. But back then, we thought we need something else. And yeah, we were thinking of doing this on Primecoin, which was another blockchain with a really innovative um, yeah. Um, proof-of-work algorithm, which was not crunching hashes, but rather finding patterns in prime number constellations.
0: And you wrote that in your blog post. You wrote that for the first time, proof-of-work was not focused on just minting coins and, and securing the network. For the first time, proof-of-work was being used for something else on PrimeCoin. Coin. right. And that that is such a very pivotal like psychological thing in the evolution of this industry, right? Of the evolution uh-huh. of uh of this whole experiment that we have here, uh-huh. which was like proof of work had a very specific role to play and now that role is changing and here we are all these years later. Let me ask you a crazy question. Do you think that we've like hit another pivotal uh checkpoint in the evolution of this of this space with like ICO and DeFi worlds, like, and I'm not talking about just how the world views us, but I'm talking about the actual scientific work that's being done on with blockchain technology and how it affects the world that we're going to be living in in the next 10 years. Do you think that we're continuing to bring that evolution and growing that? Because some people, you know, they get lost in the noise and they ask me the same question
1: well i mean if you ask me i think uh, it's not moving fast enough but i'm really working actively in the space and yeah people tend to overestimate uh, what can be done in a year or in a short amount of time and underestimate what can happen in 10 years and i really believe that in 10 years from now the world will really do- look in a different way um it's um, not just the currency aspect which is changing it's really also about how the global society is uh, or gets organized or it makes decisions together um, I think uh, blockchains are super powerful also for, for example, having democratic elections on them with uh, liquid democracy or weighted delegated voting. Um, we have also implemented um, such concepts into Eternity Blockchain. Um, and um, I, I mean, so far, we didn't really see the breakthrough of blockchain technology in the kind of like the real world, as some people call it. For me, blockchain is even more real than fiat, but most of the people still live in this, let's say, um, old world. And it's just rapidly changing. And it's like moving in waves and waves um, throughout the years. Um, with um, yeah, every time, I guess, the user base increasing by factor 10. And uh, this is just my personal uh, opinion. But uh, we haven't seen mainstream adoption, and uh, there's still so much room—so much room to innovate. Yeah, so many users to be onboarded, and um, it's uh, not just the, let's say, the science, the math, the logic, which needs to be worked on, but also the usability and yeah, uh, making really easy applications for for the people. And it's uh, the, the cool thing here is that all all the stack, all the software is open source with a, let's say with a, with a good blockchain like eternity blockchain, everything is open source and um, we, we cannot know for what this blockchain will be used. It's a very powerful tool. Um, and um, yeah, we need to work with um, people all around the world um, on, the, on helping them to essentially solve their own issues, which can be improved with blockchain uh, transaction technology and smart contracts and, Tokens, And I think the world in the future will be way more liquid, way more instant, kind of like also more fair. Oh, I like that. Uh, all the public things. A I lot more sh-
0: liquid world, yeah. That's very yeah. interesting quote to, for me to think about, actually, because that's uh-huh. a, it'll help a lot of people when the world is more liquid.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, demands will be met in a much faster and more efficient way. I think there will be less bureaucracy and... uh yeah, we will be in a true global market. And I guess we will also, at some point, we'll reach some sort of global society or possibly a global democracy on blockchain technology. At least uh, this is what I'm hoping for. At least, uh, I mean, I, I hope that this technology, this uh, wonderful technology will not fall into the hands of, let's say, abusers or yeah. scammers. Um, there are many people who write the label blockchain onto things, uh, which...
0: It doesn't really happen, really though, as much as I thought... So guys, I've been using the BitPay card since 2016, and I've been talking to you about it on the show for a while. And I got to tell you, this thing just keeps getting better and better. BitPay just launched an all new MasterCard that instantly turns your crypto into dollars with zero conversion fees. You heard that right. Zero conversion fees. This card is also paired with the BitPay app that makes it really, really cool to have all the connections together. It lets you do things like buy gift cards with Bitcoin at over a hundred major retailers or connect your Coinbase account to the BitPay wallet and to the card directly so you can load crypto onto the card with zero fees. It all works together instantly. And what's even cooler is this card now comes with a virtual version that's contactless and has improved security features that we all really really need. Cool stuff, right? Well, guess what? As an Untold Stories listener, you will get a card absolutely free. All you have to do is download the latest BitPay app on your phone and use the promo code 10, the number 10, Charlie. So that's the number 10, Charlie. 10 Charlie. It works, right? To get your free card when you sign up When you use that promo code in the BitPay app, you don't have to pay for it. So literally, you should be all on your phone right now getting this free card and be able to do all this cool shit and interact with the crypto and Bitcoin ecosystem. So remember, use the promo code, download the app, get your free card because that's why we're here, to do amazing, cool things. I'll talk to you guys in a minute. Thank you, BitPay. I'm really excited when I get to talk about projects and companies that have been around since the early days of crypto and supporting those projects. In many parts of the world, banking services simply haven't advanced at the same rate as the adoptions of smartphones on the internet. Uh, Africa, Southeast Asia, its they're skipping entire financial services over. They're skipping people over, and they're not even building out that infrastructure until cryptocurrency. We all know this. We've been hearing about it for so long. Electronium, a company based in the UK, decided to build an entire ecosystem based off of financial inclusion, empowering people, getting them involved, not just by working and by earning, but also by spending and being part of that community. Anytask.com is a company that's powered by Electronium. over half a million users, and you have the ability to do all these freelance projects, earn money, earn their tokens, and not only just earn ETN, but also be able to spend it on all these different things. What's, what's crazy is that, and what's crazy good is that it's a, any task is attracting not just crypto people, but actual talented freelancers that are willing to take ETN in return for doing all this work. It, it's literally created this whole uh, ecosystem. And the thing is, it's not been just like a new novel idea. It's been around for a while. They're doing it. They're growing every single day. They're doing uh Millions of dollars in transactions. You got thousands and thousands of different people on the platform offering different services. And you should go check it out. It's it's so cool. The staff are great. The people are great. Everyone on the platform is so cool. Uh, according to ETN Everywhere, their official merchant directory, uh, ETN can be spent in over I think it's 2,000 physical locations and online locations worldwide. You're talking about uh, in 140 countries, mobile airtime, um, shops, TVs, all these different things, not just being able to spend it. And so check them out, Electronium, AnyTask.com, support my sponsors. They're so cool. And I'm excited for you guys to check it out. It's happening. Yeah, but it's, it's also getting better. We're smart. Mm. The industry is really smart. Um, what motivates you? You know, you were you involved very early in Bitcoin and then you were uh-huh. involved with, with, with the early days of Ethereum. You know, you were in the hacker houses with, with all my friends, Anthony D'Orio, Steve Dack, Mihai, Gavin. These are all people that were at my wedding. Like, these are amazing people. And then everyone went off to do their own thing and you started Eternity. And then three years later, here you are today. Like, w- w- I'm asking this question for myself, too, but like, what's next? Like, where do you go from here? Personal development. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: What motivates me is, is definitely um, the, the opportunity to shape how uh, we, uh, the way how we're going to live in uh, the future, meaning to be actively involved in the creation of the future, essentially. Um, I mean, it's uh, one thing to always criticize and uh yeah, I have some ideas. It's another thing to really build these things and make them um, available for people, um, and then also usable. And I mean, we still really need to see um, millions of people um, using um, or to to start using um, blockchain technology. And um, I think this is one of our biggest, uh, most important things now to to work on with identity blockchain to have more usable consumer applications. And one of them is Superhero Superhero.com. It's a social platform on top of this rather, let's say, naked oh, cool. crypto platform called Eternity Blockchain. And we want to give the opportunity to people to give their crypto accounts, to give them faces and more identity and yeah, uh, network them and um, um, allow them to also use services, um, for example, also um, legal services um, where you were going to need some um, KYC or some documents And we want to make this as simple as possible, as lean as possible, for people to start um, using, in a very playful way, um, crypto coins to issue their crypto coins or crypto tokens, and as well as launch their own blockchains after essentially having created a community for those coins. And um, yeah, I mean... um, I mean, I would really like to see uh, an application installed on, on almost every phone. It should be open source. It's, yeah. it's kind of like anti-Facebook as well, uh, meaning we we don't collect data. We don't track data. Of course, the blockchain is a way how to timestamp data. Don't forget that uh, blockchains are kind of made for tracking. Lots of people think they're made for anonymous transactions, but uh, this uh, is maybe a flaw. It's an interesting
0: point. Blockchains are made for tracking, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they're made for tracking double spends um, or making it impossible to do double spends um, while tracking uh, the first uh, spend essentially and showing it to the rest of the network in a tamper proof way. And um, yeah, with with, uh, crypto, you can, of course, um, um, I mean, you don't need to associate your um, identity or kind of like your government identity, but lots of services, uh, lots of companies, they are still. Or they are
0: but a lot of companies are doing you you just mentioned like AML and KYC and that's great. Uh, a lot of companies are you know building that into the blockchains directly. Um, you know, you and I hung out with a lot of the same people early on, Amir Taki, uh, like uh, you mentioned in your blog post of my selling. It? Were we in Vienna together at the same time? I was with Gavin and Gavin and Andreessen and and uh, and a bunch of other people. Amir was with me. The Mycelium guys, but I don't remember. Uh, and the Bitstamp guys were there too. Maybe the I think the Mycelium guys did two trips.
1: Yeah, I went with uh, Vitalik to uh, visit the Mycelium guys in their office. I think
0: like a, you were there a month before me.
1: Um, here I met in Milan. Did you go to Milano to this uh, old uh, butcher uh, management facility? <laughs> oh,
0: the the uh, the uh, squatter house. Yeah. The first one he, he it's been like seven of them. I wasn't I, I still remember seeing the first one, but I never got to see the really cool one that he was in because mm-hmm. I was under house arrest, but the really cool one where they did the the documentary there, they had the BBC there, or whatever. And he was like living in like a room upstairs. It was like a brick uh-huh. castle that was just crazy stuff. How's he doing? We actually we we email every few months. He said he's working on something crazy and he'll talk come on the show when he can talk about it. But typical Amir, I won't hear from him for three years.
1: Yeah, same here. Last time I saw him a year ago at the uh, chaos, uh, not the chaos, at the HCP at the uh, the Hackers Congress. Uh, but we didn't really get the opportunity to talk much. But uh, yeah, I, I, we were, we started the dark wallets back then. We started together. This uh, was yes. so. I think we started in this uh, house in Milan. Oh, you want
0: to hear a crazy story? Uh, when you guys came up with Dark Wallet and Dark Market, this is, so for those who don't know, Open Bazaar, so you had Silk Road, and then when, when Ross went to jail, everyone said, well, the technology behind Silk Road is actually, it's a good concept, a decentralized version of eBay. So now you have VC-backed companies that are, that are using the same open source technology like Open Bazaar. But originally, dude, I remember I was in house Rest in my parents' basement, and Amir showed up with, I forgot her name, Julia or whatever, and... Um, he started pitching me Dark Market. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to jail in a few months. We can't, what are you mm-hmm. doing? It was just yeah. funny. And then and then, he left the house and then he uh, went to the train. And then I got a call that he got arrested. I said, why did he just get arrested at the train? And I said, "And they said, because he, he uh, didn't pay the ticket. He like jumped the fucking thing. And I said, $2. But it was the point. It was the point. It was uh, a mere is that type of guy where it was the point of uh, rebellion of, of the status quo. And that's what really got him into Bitcoin early on too. Uh, and a lot of people into Bitcoin is like this rebellion against the status quo. Is that gone? Are there people like that still? What are they doing? How are they viewed? What are like the hacker and underground communities think of crypto nowadays? Do they think we've like sold out?
1: mm uh-huh. Interesting question. I mean, I've met also lots of hackers, um, especially also in, in Germany at the Chaos Computer Club. They were really anti Bitcoin. I remember going to the Chaos uh, Communication Congress in Hamburg uh, a couple of years ago. I guess this was 2013 or so. And they really didn't want to do anything with crypto, at least they're kind of like their, their leaders. Uh, um, I mean, some people, some of the hackers, they believe in a strong state. It's really rather uh, kind of like a philosophical. Uh, yeah. Uh, mindset. Uh, It has nothing necessarily uh, to do with with, uh, hackers or with uh, software uh, producers, I think. Um, But, um, I mean, the the issues with the financial system, uh, they're quite clear to lots of people, especially the ones who are digging deeper into the uh, economics. And uh, here also, let's say, hacking is not so useful. It's rather say the uh, economic studies and understanding that for example uh fiat money is backed by nothing lots of people think that fiat money is backed still by gold uh like the euros or the the dollars it's not it's not the case i guess i don't need to tell this to the listeners here on the show but um um it's uh, it's becoming more and more let's say accepted bitcoin it's when when people talk about bitcoin it's not anymore this association with the dark market is almost gone people have almost forgotten it
0: oh that's all yeah that's completely forgotten now yeah
1: I was back then. I was also not involved in the dark market, just in, in the in the dark wallet, which was, uh, I mean, my my uh, entry point to this was to have a super easy to use web wallet, like a browser wallet extension. And uh, unfortunately, the dark wallet um, really didn't get out of this uh, beta status, meaning it didn't um, get into the production ready status. Yes. Uh, Steve Dark was actually the first one who created a, a Bitcoin browser wallet. And uh, this was a very interesting time crypto back then. Kit, right? <laughs> crypto kid, right? Crypto kid, exactly. Yeah,
0: I remember. He, uh, him, and I stayed very close, which is very good. But you're bringing back like all these old memories now. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it's been really good times, and um, I must say that back then it was almost almost more interesting. Meaning, um, the Bitcoin community and the crypto community was more close. Yes,
0: missed. I agree with that. I, I I agree with that. I do miss that.
1: So I was traveling from Bitcoin friend to Bitcoin friend for quite a while across Europe. And then yeah, eventually came also to the Ethereum house in Miami, which was the first time I came to them to the Americas. Uh, oh my, God, a- that was your
0: first a- time, and that's what you got to experience.
1: <laughs> yes, quite interesting welcome.
0: <laughs> I know. Steve told me that like Vitalik would be pitching him Ethereum in the hot tub or whatever in that place. And and you guys had the best time. I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I was there. Good times. Um and I think I think those times are still there. I'm I'm excited about the future in terms of us all traveling again and going to conferences and being all together. When coronavirus hit and we all had to come and go back in our homes, our industry was used to it. We probably had a 0% unemployment rate just because we're bringing on more people than we're than we're firing cuz we were all used to it, right? Did your world change at all besides for traveling? I mean, you're in a beautiful country, though, and you could travel. You can go around.
1: Yeah, I'm in the heart of Europe, so I'm, I'm traveling more with a car now. Um, I flew just twice this year, but it's... Uh, are yeah, Europeans I, doing
0: cars or trains more now?
1: Well, uh, more cars, to be honest. I mean, Really? The trains are rather empty, also the subways, and uh, people are still scared of the virus. I think it's getting better, but uh, yeah. It's like I mean. the
0: Bitcoin charts. It's like slow. It goes up and down like that or out like that. Well, for those that don't right. see my hands moving, I produce this show in video and audio, so you can check it out on YouTube and Spotify. And I forgot to mention earlier, my producers are gonna kill me, that the show is powered by BlockWorks Group, a media production company that has over 20 podcasts in their networks, including mine and my friends' shows. So you're gonna enjoy them. They're all great shows. Okay, sorry about that. (laughs) That's (laughs) good I love doing that. Um, This is like a real radio show. I got, like, take it seriously. There's no federal communications that I I could see, like, you know, curses and stuff like that. But the question I was going to ask you before I interrupted myself is, what are you working on this week? Like, uh, this is one of my favorite questions. Like, what this week are you working on?
1: Yeah, the focus of this week is actually a secret project. Oh, shit. uh... (laughs) It's a really cool project. Um, um, there will be an announcement very, very soon. And it involves uh, creation of a community in a physical space uh, with uh, the tokenization of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, due to the coronavirus, traveling became more and more difficult. So uh, now we are kind of like, more I'm kind of like looking into creating with, with Superhero.com, with this network, which we have built, creating networks of hubs of communities all around the world uh, which also exchange ideas with each other and uh, yeah from uh, I mean which also visit each other if this is possible
0: yeah uh, soon uh, right
1: it's uh, the situation is uh, really interesting here in Europe meaning traveling is generally possible but from time to time these rules are just changing overnight and Some random numbers shown on TV influence too many people, I think. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I hope that this crisis will be over soon, but I think it will still probably go on for a while. Um, um, I think uh, it's also opportunity for crypto, meaning... um, having more private uh, things going on, private money. I mean, it's cryptocurrencies are the privatization of currencies away from the national states. And yeah, it's um, more and more people are also awakening, awakening, uh, um, uh, waking up um, from essentially the um, influence of uh, mass media, looking or kind of like inspecting uh, the, the numbers, the, yeah. the uh, making their own conclusions. and um yeah i'm i'm building or we are building things and it's it's exciting it's a very interesting time every crisis has also lots of opportunities i especially think for cryptocurrencies so for crypto people even more opportunities than for, for uh, people so if you're not in crypto go into crypto guys <laughs>
0: how can they okay so those who love how can they follow you they like what you're hearing you know what's your twitter and your blog
1: yeah, my Twitter is N-O-Y-Y-Y Noi, very short uh, Just five characters And my blog is on Medium You can find me while looking for my name Yanislav Malahov And uh, we'll Superhero.com And, and Superhero.com <laughs> Which is kind of like a social network Where we also publish things um, and uh, Superhero.com
0: on- Perfect Thank uh, you so much for taking the time today And coming on the show
1: Great, thank you as well, Charlie. Uh, Greetings to the States, and uh, hope to see see you soon.